Ukraine exempt. Oh, yeah. And as if the Pentagon weren't enough, Biden has managed to put a little cherry on top. We're going to talk about that tonight. Another step in the digital war, and it is a war for everybody. And a big lefty turns ever so slightly to the right. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. That would be this guy. And thanks for popping in. Appreciate it. Hey, don't forget to hit that follow button. It's right there. It's easy to do. Free for you. Helps the show out a lot. And thank you for all those of you who have done that. Hit that follow button. We got all that and more coming up tonight. Our live chat is open. So anything you want to talk about, any comments you want to make, you want to promote something, I don't care. You got a new music video out, whatever it is. Stick it in the live chat. We'll see it. We'll chat about it. Yeah, be civil, but you know, there you go. I don't get anything you want. Just stick it in there and we'll be happy to talk about it. Right now, we're happy to talk about one of our sponsors, and that is the amazing Blackout Coffee. Hey, folks, throw away that crap liberal garbage brown water junk you've been drinking for coffee. Get yourself a coffee that really cares about America and is absolutely incredible. Awake, not woke. Blackout Coffee signature blends. Uh, they were founded on the principles of conservative values. Founders believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, traditional American values. But you know what? All that's great. If you don't have a good product, doesn't matter. And these guys have an amazing product. They source premium specialty grade green coffee beans grown at the perfect altitude, correct time of year, right soil, good temperature, harvested at just the right moment. <clears throat> They're working with local co-ops and American farmers to offer this high quality coffee just for you. They have a small batch roasting process. That means when you order, Usually within 24 to 48 hours, your beans are roasted, packed, and shipped out to your door. So you are truly getting fresh roasted coffee, and you can taste the difference. You don't have to go there and buy a whole bunch of coffee. Just buy one bag. That's all I ask. Just buy a bag and give it a try. Got you a great deal to do that, too. And you will be hooked, as I am, on blackout coffee. I drink a ton of coffee, and this stuff is Kick-ass coffee, folks. It's the best. Head over to Blackout Coffee. The link is down there in our show notes. And when you check out, be sure and use our promo code J20, J-A-Y-20 at checkout. That'll get you 20% off your first order. Fantastic deal. J20, J-A-Y-20 at checkout. 20% off your first order. These folks are an all-American company. They care about two things, the USA and making a good cup of coffee. And they've kicked butt on both counts. Thank you, Blackout Coffee. Really appreciate your being a part of the show here and helping to uh, helping to sponsor what we do around this place. All right, are you ready? The Ukraine is exempt. What? Yeah. Uh, basically, the Pentagon has exempted the Ukraine from potential government shutdown. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you, they will exempt Ukraine operations from a potential shutdown, which the lawmakers can't agree on a deal to fund the government by the end of the month, which would allow key training and other activities in support of Kiev's forces to move ahead uninterrupted, according to a Defense Department spokesman. Washington, more resigned to the looming government shutdown every day. Looks like it's going to happen. Good. September 30th deadline approaching. Congressional leaders showing very little progress, as usual. And, of course, if the government shuts down, that money faucet into the Ukraine of hundreds of trillions of dollars is going to go and shut off. Well, not anymore. Thank you, Pentagon. They have managed to make their operations in the Ukraine exempt. Now, when the government shuts down, certain essential services are still funded. Of course, the military is one of them because we need to protect, much as we're not doing that at the southern border, we need to protect 
the U.S. And so, of course, the military has to, with some limitations, keep functioning. We do not, however, have to keep funding this ridiculous bullshit in the Ukraine. And is as if the whole Pentagon thing isn't enough. This story just broke. Biden has also done an end around. Biden has issued a memorandum granting new powers to the Secretary of State to provide $128 million in assistance to Ukraine. And it does not matter what the law says, what the government is doing. Here is the exact memorandum. Delegation of authority under section blah, 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 Foreign Assistance Act. By the authority vested in me as president by the Constitution, like you care about that, and the laws of the United States of America, the authority under Section 614 of the FAA to determine whether it's important to the security interests of the U.S. to furnish approximately $128 million in assistance to Ukraine without regard to any provision of law within the purview. The authority to direct the drawdown of $128 million in defense articles and services, military education and training, to provide assistance to Ukraine and make the determinations required under such section to direct such a drawdown. You are authorized and directed to publish this memorandum in the Federal Register. Joseph R. Biden, Jr. Now, in common speak, normal, everyday, you know, Joey Bag of Donuts talk, it's written a written order from the President to the Secretary of State grants two specific powers to the Secretary of State. The first allows the Secretary of State to decide whether or not it's necessary in the security interests of the U.S. to give $128 million to Ukraine. The second power gives the Secretary of State the authority to access and use $128 million from the Department of Defense to provide assistance to Ukraine. That authority also allows the Secretary of State to make whatever decisions he or she wants to relating to the use of the $128 million. Basically, it is a formal document that gives the Secretary of State the ability to provide aid to Ukraine without regard to what Congress says, to what the citizens say, to what even the law says. Doesn't matter. The Secretary of State has the ability to provide and manage aid to Ukraine and all the related matters with certain legal flexibility, but basically without regard to what anyone has to say, including your representatives in Congress doesn't matter. Nice, huh? Yeah, very nice. So the Pentagon has exempted Ukraine from a shutdown, and now Biden has come right in behind and said, oh yeah, let me give him some more money. It's unbelievable. It is absolutely, they just won't stop. They will not stop. Stop them, please. You do that by your vote. Have you seen, was it 10,000 illegal migrants crossing the border in a day? It's unbelievable. Not only that, but have you seen the videos and the pictures of who's coming across? These are not families, mom, dad, and a few kids. These are 20-something-year-old, I might add, military-age men. I saw a video of 
what looked like hundreds, if not thousands, in a huge line going across the border. And every single one, there was not one kid, there was not one woman, every one of them was 20, looked to be 20-something-year-old military age men. That should scare the hell out of you. And now, our lovely president wants to give them all an ID. And we got the proof. The Biden admin's plan to give illegal immigrants photo IDs. This is from the Daily Caller investigative group. Fantastic articles. I encourage you to read it. The link is down there in our show notes. It inches close. Here you go. Look at that. ICE secure docket card. There you go. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, moving closer to giving illegal immigrants ID cards. You know what you can do with an ID card? You can register to vote, or at least you can get a driver's license, and then you can register to vote. 2022, the agency announced the ICE Secure Docket Card program as a pilot to modernize various forms of documentation provided to provisionally release non-citizens through a consistent, verifiable, secure card. That according to an ICE spokesman. The program was intended to allow migrants to use IDs, in their cases, uh, progress. The ID contained QR codes that allowed migrants to access their court documents, proved to authorities they've been, they have pending immigration cases. Present this card upon any contact with an ICE or CBP officer as a tool for verifying your immigration case and current release status. That's what it says, there you go. There is the actual card or a sample of the actual card and the memorandum that goes along with it. Wow. TSA already allows migrants to use ICE forms labeled warrant for arrest of alien and warrant for removal deportation, according to an email uh, received in January. This administration continues to normalize and make illegal immigration easier for those people who choose to just disregard our laws, come on in, and we're just opening up our arms or in some cases bending over and saying, whatever you want, we'll give you money, we'll give you ID, we'll even let you vote. They're not going to need to do the ballot harvesting and the ballot box stuffing this time. They're going to have enough illegal immigrants voting. I'm sure that's part of the plan. And the attacks just keep on coming. Here's a great article from PJ Media, just published yesterday. Attorney General Merrick Garland testified Wednesday in the House Oversight Committee, essentially told Americans... Go pound sand. Among other things, Garland told members of the committee he didn't know anything about whether there were federal agents or sources at the January 6th incident, why Ray Epps was only charged with misdemeanors for his role in the riot, while grandmas were sent away on felony charges. He said he had, uh, oh, he said he didn't, he didn't say whether or not he had contact with the FBI regarding the Hunter Biden case and targeting parents at school board meetings over and over. Have you seen the video from the, from the hearing? Under questioning from House Republicans, Garland kept answering with some variation of, I don't know, or I can't answer that question. For years, the Democrats have been using the Department of Justice Attorney General to cover up for their misdeeds, crimes. Think about Rev, uh, Robert F. Kennedy's role in protecting his brother, JFK. 
Eric Holder, covering for Barack Obama, even admitting that he was Obama's wingman. Hard to believe, seems like Garland's eclipsing the corruption of Obama's DOJ. Only been three years, he's already launched investigations into pro-life Catholics, gun owners and dealers, and parents who are concerned enough to actually attend a school board meeting. And when asked about corruption, all the snarly little things that little rat man does, his answer was basically, go pound sand. I'm not talking to you. That's to Congress. Very nice. It just continues, and it ain't getting any better. Remember I said little bites? That's how we make changes. We take the little bites. We don't put some big, you know, it's not necessary. I mean, it'd be great if it happened, like a big protest in Ottawa this week earlier. But what's going to make a difference over time are the little bites that you take, that I take, the little things that make a difference. Even simply the act of sharing out some of the stuff and the articles that we put out on this show in our show notes, they're always there for you. And they're clickable links. They'll open in a new window. You share those out on your X account, your Facebook, wherever it might be. Even those little acts will educate people. Apparently, John Cusack has been slightly edumacated. <laughs> this is from Blaze Media. Cusack says, you know John Cusack? There's a picture here of him. I'm sure you'll, there you go. You know John Cusack, the actor. He says Democrats have sold out the working class for decades. Staggering, amoral bullshit. This is a leftist, far left. John Cusack accuses the elite class of the Democratic Party of selling out the working class for decades in a rant on social media. Previously unleashed his ire against Donald Trump and others on the right, but just yesterday he reserved his fury for the Democrats. Here's what he posted. This is unbelievable. More people waking up. They have played a major part in creating the precise conditions for fascism to flourish. Obama corporatist Democrats are to the right of Richard Nixon on domestic policy. Don't believe me? Look it up. And Dems have sold out the working class for decades. And this kind of bought and paid for betrayal of principles, fairness, historical precedent, any sense of moral or intellectual honesty, the kind of brutal, selfish, horrific actions one only does because they can get away with it. Those words from John Cusack, a well-known lefty, on his social media. He started in with the rant after responding to a report that a former Obama official had opposed the possible implementation of a wealth tax. Says, quote, all your Yale and Harvard buddies will tell you how great and smart you are, and they're all in bed with the same big, big money power players. And we run the world, right? This kind of staggering amoral bullshit is one of the main reasons, yes, there are others, Trump's demagoguery works on people. The people, uh, the Democrat elite are full of shit, he added. He went on to claim that everyone could be fed and housed if the taxes on billionaires were increased. He referred to Trump as ill, deranged, and dangerous in a rant from 2018. Let's go to the streets. Who owns the streets? Civil disobedience require the government to leave if you are not satisfied with it. We need to kick Trump out of office now, he wrote back in 2018. My oh my, how things have changed. He went right for the throat, didn't pull back at all. John Cusack, 
bit of a, a bit of a wake up from John. Man, that's incredible. See, little bites. I told you, little bites. Uh, the story's from Australia, but like I said, whether it's the UK, Europe, Australia, these little things are like test grounds before it heads over here to the US, and this should scare the hell out of you. Here we go. Australian Bank is set to eliminate cash and check services in 2024. Yep, it's happening. This just from yesterday, an Australian banking group will eliminate cash and check transactions at its banks before the end of next year and will cease phone payment services as well. Uh, Macquarie Bank, Worldwide Investment Group, Australia's fifth largest bank, announced a plan to transition to digital-only transactions at its institutions. Cash will still be available through the ATMs for the time being, which means it won't be long, folks, and that'll be gone, too. Between January and November of next year, we're phasing out our cash and check services from all banking and wealth management products, including pension and super accounts. There you go. Starting already. It's happening in Australia. It's happening in Europe. It's just a matter of time. They're just still trying to convince you it's good for you. It's good for everybody. It's more safe. It's more convenient. Don't buy the bullshit. Do not buy into this crap. Fight back. Do everything you can. Pay cash. Store doesn't accept cash anymore. Find another store and go somewhere else. Take your business somewhere else. You don't need to give these people business. Here's another one. Probably should have included this with our uh, our immigration stories. This is insane. Biden's DHS. Where are all these immigrants going to work? Illegally working? Not anymore. Biden's DHS is offering work authorization, legal status, to almost a half million Venezuelan migrants. <laughs> the U.S. Department of Homeland Security declared Wednesday, just two days ago, it would offer work authorization and temporary legal status to 470,000 Venezuelan migrants who are already crossed the border and in the country. They arrived before July 31st, 2023, this year. They will be eligible for temporary protected status for 18 months. Work permit eligibility, deportation uh, protections extended to Venezuelan migrants due to extraordinary and temporary conditions in Venezuela that prevent individuals from safely returning Obviously, then they're not going to deport them because of what's happening in Venezuela. So not only are we not going to deport you, but we're going to give you a way to work. We'll give you a temporary work permit. Knock yourself out. Have fun. Take jobs from more hardworking Americans. Yeah, that'll be nice. It's just gone crazy. Texas governor finally declared some sort of state of emergency, deploying the National Guard, re-putting up the razor wire and fence blockades where they can along the border, whatever Biden's team doesn't try and cut down or get rid of. Well, now a border town on the Texas border has declared an official state of emergency over the huge surge of illegal immigrants. Predominantly, like I said, oh, here you go. Here's that picture. Remember I said that? Look at this. Look at that. This is a line of, I don't know, what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So probably there's 30 or 40. And believe me, behind where that turns the corner, there's hundreds more. And do you see any children? Do you see any women in that line? I see a bunch of military-aged men. 
all the way back. The small Texas border town of Eagle Pass is an absolute nightmare, and they have officially declared a state of emergency amidst a severe surge of illegal immigrants, predominantly single adult men, attempting to cross into the U.S. They're not attempting, they're just walking right over. Eagle Pass Mayor Roland Salinas issued the emergency declaration due to severe undocumented immigrant surge plaguing the city. The emergency order will continue for a seven-day period unless they renew it by the city council. A state of disaster requires certain emergency protective measures be taken. The declaration of the local state of disaster activates the City of Eagle Pass emergency plan. Additionally, authorizes the City of Eagle Pass to seek aid and assistance under the declaration. It is just getting worse. Take a look at this. These uh, from a Twitter post. This is insane. Look at these shots. Look at that. This is Eagle Pass. There's a video from the... Look, I wasn't kidding. Venezuela. He says, Hola, de Donaldson, where are you from? They answered, Venezuela. And look at that. Every single one of them. Just walking right across. That's the Border Patrol white truck there. Here they cut. Look, more, more. Hundreds, hundreds of them are there. Look at this one. I'm sorry, you see any women and children in this group? Yeah, I don't think so. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And little if nothing is done and likely can be done. Two years to the day we saw 15 thousand Haitians under that bridge in Del Rio. We now have thousands, predominantly young males, gathering under that same bridge in Eagle Pass. It is absolutely an invasion, my friends. Get on the phone, get in touch, send an email to the people who represent you in Congress, Tell them two things. You vote, and you want this stopped. And you will vote accordingly. Uh, you know, Rumble has been in the news lately because of uh, Russell Brand, and uh, they're refusing to bow down to any of the crap the UK is trying to push on them. Well, now... <laughs> Oh, man. Once they start, they never stop. Seriously. Google is accused of burying Rumble's Republican debate stream exclusive in search. No, this, this so is like a yes, so what? But I'm sharing this just so in case you missed it. Google approached Rumble for its debate to be prominently featured. Instead, it was nowhere to be found on debate day, all while YouTube featured heavily in a significant event leading up to the Republican presidential primaries debate in August. Rumble, the rising video platform that you are watching right now, was granted the exclusive rights to provide a free online broadcast. The thrill of this exclusive coverage swiftly downplayed when it became apparent that Google search had buried any reference to Rumble's stream of the debate. Spark concern for proponents of free speech, critics of Google's monopoly power. According to the report by The Intercept, prior to the debate, Google's civics and U.S. campaign teams had expressively inquired about the RNC's live stream plans, seeking to align it with the public search for a live event. Now, 
In the spirit of cooperation, the RNC responded, saying the live stream would be occurring on Rumble. Despite providing Google with this crucial information, users searching the database stream on Google were ushered to links from YouTube, Fox News, and various news reports, and nowhere to be seen was exactly where the debate was happening live streaming on Rumble. On, and now Rumble has an email where Google said they feature live streams of major events in search. But when the Republican debate live stream belonged to a competitor, there is a miscommunication and it doesn't happen. Folks, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I know how difficult it is. It's nearly damned impossible, but get yourself Ungoogle yourself, your life, as much as you possibly can. I understand how difficult it is. I have tried to do it myself. Nearly impossible to completely get rid of anything because that huge, enormous monopoly company controls so much of our online life. I have dumped just about everything I possibly can to do with the Google. I don't use their search. I, I don't use their browsers. I, nothing. Do the same. Do the same. Man, it's so much illegal immigrant stuff tonight. It just all popped up as I was looking through all the stuff going on in the news today. And uh, New York back in it. Hey, we're a sanctuary city. We don't believe in the laws of this country. We hope if you're an illegal immigrant, you'll just come on in. We forgive you. Come on, we'll give you some money, a good hot meal, nice place to stay. If you're an illegal immigrant, we're a sanctuary city. Oh, wait a minute. The New York governor is fed up, and she has told illegal immigrants, go somewhere else. This moron Kathy Hochul said shelters in New York City are full amidst the relentless influx of illegals, and they should go somewhere else. Well, Kathy, you get what you play for. Expressing frustration, the illegal immigrant crisis gripping the Big Apples, telling would-be asylum seekers to go somewhere else, while throwing her weight behind a push to suspend the city's right-to-shelter law amidst the relentless, uh, relentless influx. Right now, there is a right to shelter. There's a law. She's actually think, thinking of suspending it so you no longer have a right to shelter. F around and find out. This is a great, a great example of F around and find out. New York F'd around, and now they're finding out as are a whole bunch of other sanctuary cities out there. <clears throat> Here's one. Ah. Blackout coffee. Check out the link in our show notes down there. It's the top link. Get yourself a bag of beans. All right. This is from the post-millennial, and this is... Let me just share it with you. Veterans Administration, the VA has training videos. Now, they have tons of training videos. They've got all, all kinds of videos out there. But this one particular video instructs health providers to promote abortion as a safe option for pregnant veterans. The video claims childbirth puts a mother's life in great danger while abortion protects it. This is a screen grab from the actual video. Immediately following the Supreme Court's decision, which overturned uh, Roe v. Wade, didn't overturn it. It basically sent the decisions back to the states. People are always mis 
misinformation with that crap. That is not, it did not be overturned. It did not make abortion illegal. The Supreme Court did what it should have done, and it sent the decision on whether or not you would allow abortions back to the states where it belongs. Biden administration immediately began re using resources and federal government to push back. Now the VAs come into focus, making uh, one of the most egregious attempts to push abortion into every state, regardless of what the law is. Denise McDonald, Secretary of Veterans Affairs, holds the top-ranking position with the VA. Secretary McDonough has not served in the military. His career path includes many years with the Obama administration, as well as John Podesta's Center for American Progress, which the little alarm bells should be going off. This is a leaked video from the VA. Here's a screen grab. Pregnant veterans and VA beneficiaries deserve to have access to world-class reproductive care when they need it most. That's what our nation owes them, and that's what we at the VA will deliver. Effective last year, September, amended their regulations in the VA, and this is their new medical benefits package removed the exclusion of abortion counseling, created exceptions to the exclusion of abortion when the life or health of the pregnant vet would be endangered or the pregnancy were carried to term, or the pregnancy is a result of an act of rape or incest. Determination made on a case-by-case -case basis. There is actually the entire 46-minute video in this article. Obviously, I'm not going to play it, but I encourage you to take a look at it. Take a look at, oh, look at this, tons of information about this. And it doesn't matter what state you're in, whether your state has authorized, not authorized, put whatever limits are on abortions in your state, doesn't matter. It's from the VA. The video itself is actually, it's been leaked and it's in this article. The link is in our show notes and I encourage you to check it out, find out more about it. <clears throat> and question, ask questions. Please ask questions. All right. Light the mood, shall we, before we uh, move on with what's going on? I don't... <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever shared a TikTok video because I hate TikTok. I've encouraged you to get rid of TikTok. Don't let your kids use TikTok. It is nothing but Chinese spyware. It is nothing but Chinese spyware. If you are using TikTok, if you are allowing your children to use TikTok, you are an idiot. Plain and simple. That's it. You're a fool. But you go ahead. You don't want to read the terms and conditions. You don't want to see how much information they gather every single time you pick up your phone and open that app. Knock yourself out. I'm making an exception. This actually came from my country here. And I remember this. This was a, when was this? 2021. All right, so a couple of years ago, this old auntie and this talking cactus You've seen it before, I'm sure. It was incredibly viral. Take a look. I'm just going to play a part of this. It's too, too funny. funny. Take, Take a, a look. look. <laughs> <laughs> that goes on and on. She sits there arguing with this thing, and it just sits there repeating everything. Uh, that is uh, from Negri Sembilan, which is a state in Malaysia, and that is their specific dialect that that uh, auntie was uh, was speaking there. But 
So you get the idea. You speak to the stupid cactus thing, and it basically sends back garbage, but in the same inflections that you said. Like that, okay? Well, somebody had an idea, and this was brilliant. Wanted to share it with you. This is absolute legend. Hang on just one second. Here we go. Let me get this queued up. They don't have just one of these things. They got a whole chorus of them. Look at all these things. Now watch what this guy does. This is insane. I know, I am apparently starved for entertainment, but I could watch that all day. It is, yes, it's just that stupid. I know, but it's it's like the Japanese fart battle, funniest show I ever did, like a hundred and something over 200 shows ago. Look up the Japanese fart battle. I lost it. I absolutely lost it. And it's a true story. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Oh, man. It's the little things, right? Got to lighten it up. <laughs> hey, last night we finished Animal Farm from George Orwell, having finished 1984. We have read books on this show from the very beginning, 450 over episodes ago. And we're going to continue to do that because A, I love reading. B, apparently you love listening to me read, which is great. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. And I like to encourage you, not only you to read, but you to get your kids to read. You read the book. Get a hardcover physical book. And do Kindle and all that other online crap. Fine. If that's the only way they'll read, let them. But if you can get an actual book into their hands, and even if that's tough for you, make it a bedtime story. Read a little chapter every night, the way I do on this show of a book. And studies have shown that children being read too get the same benefits of when they read the book themselves. So whether they're reading it or maybe you can begin by reading it and then let them take over and they start reading. Anyway, I'm a big proponent of getting your kids to read and getting you back to read. Saw somebody post the other day, brilliant idea. Reread an old book. If you're 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, some book you remember from when you were in your 20s or your teens that you read way back then because there's been 30, 40 years of life experience and you will likely look at that book in a completely new way. It'll be like a new book for you. All right, so anyway, we finished Animal Farm last night and now tonight we are beginning Lord of the Flies. Oh. Man, this is a great book. First published in 1954. It's from William Golding. And this is chapter one of Lord of the Flies. The Sound of the Shell. The boy with fair hair lowered himself down the last few feet of rock and began to pick his way towards the lagoon. Though he'd taken off his school sweater, trailed it now from one hand, his gray shirt stuck to him, and his hair was plastered to his forehead. All around him, the long scars smashed into the jungle with a bath of heat. He was clambering heavily among the creepers, broken trunks, when a bird, a vision of red and yellow, flashed upwards with a witch-like cry, and this cry was echoed by another. Hi, it said. Wait a minute. The undergrowth at the side of the scar was shaken, and a multitude of raindrops fell pattering. 
Wait a minute, the voice said. I, I got caught up. The fair boy stopped, jerked his stockings with an automatic gesture that made the jungle seem for a moment like the home countries. The voice spoke again. I can't hardly move with all these creeper things. The owner of the voice came backing out of the undergrowth so that twigs scratched on a greasy windbreaker. The naked crooks of his knees were plump, caught, scratched by the thorns. He bent down, removed the thorns carefully, and turned around. He was shorter than the fair boy and very fat. He came forward, searching out safe lodgments for his feet, and then looked up through the thick spectacles. Where's the man with the megaphone? The fair boy shook his head. This is an island. At least I think it's an island. There's a reef out in the sea. Perhaps there aren't any grown-ups anywhere. The fat boy looked startled. There was that pilot, but he wasn't in the passenger cabin. He was up in front. The fair boy was peering at the reef through screwed-up eyes. All them other kids, the fat boy went on. Some of them must have got out. They must have, mustn't they? The fair boy began to pick his way casually as possible towards the water. He tried to be offhand, not too obviously uninterested, but the fat boy hurried after him. Aren't there any grown-ups at all? I don't think so. The fair boy said this solemnly, and then the delight of a realized ambition overcame him. In the middle of the scar, he stood on his head, grinned at the reversed fat boy. No grown-ups, the fat boy thought for a moment. That pilot, the fair boy allowed his feet to come down and sat on the steamy earth. He must have flown off after he dropped us. He couldn't land here, not a place with wheels. He was attacked. He'll be back all right. The fat boy shook his head. When he was coming down, I looked through one of them windows. I saw the other part of the plane. There were flames coming out of it. He looked up and down the scar. And this is what the cabin done. The fair boy reached out, touched the jagged end of a trunk. For a moment, he looked interested. What happened to it? He asked. Where's it got to now? That storm dragged it out to sea. It wasn't half dangerous with all them tree trunks falling. There must have been some kids still in it. He hesitated for a moment and then spoke again. What's your name? Ralph. The fat boy waited to be asked his name in turn, but this proffer of acquaintance wasn't made. The fair boy called Ralph, smiled vaguely, stood up, began to make his way once more towards the lagoon. The fat boy hung steadily at his shoulder. I expect there's a lot more of us scattered about. You haven't seen any others, have you? Ralph shook his head and increased his speed. And then he tripped over a branch and came down with a crash. The fat boy stood by him, breathing hard. <sighs> my auntie told me not to run, he explained, uh, on account of my asthma. Asthma? That's right. I can't catch my breath. I was the only boy in our school who had asthma, uh, said the fat boy with a touch of pride. I've been wearing specs since I was three. He took off his glasses, held them out to Ralph, blinking and smiling, and then started to wipe them against his grubby windbreaker. An expression of pain and inward concentration altered the pale contours of his face. He smeared the sweat from his cheeks and quickly adjusted the spectacles on his nose. Them fruit, he glanced around the scar. Them fruit, he said, I expect... He put his glasses on, waded away from Ralph, and crouched down among the tangled foliage. 
I'll be out again in just a minute. Ralph disentangled himself cautiously, stole away through the branches, and in a few seconds the fat boy's grunts were behind him and he was hurrying towards the screen that still lay between him and the lagoon. He climbed over a broken trunk and was out of the jungle. The shore was fledged with palm trees. These stood or leaned or reclined against the light and their green feathers were a hundred feet up in the air. The ground beneath them was a bank covered with coarse grass, torn everywhere by the upheaval of fallen trees, scattered with decaying coconuts and palm saplings. Behind this, the darkness of the forest proper and the open space of the scar. Ralph stood one hand against a gray trunk, screwed up his eyes against the shimmering water. Out there, perhaps a mile away, the white surf flinked on a coral reef. And beyond that, the open sea was dark blue. Within the irregular arc of the coral, the lagoon was still as a mountain lake, blue of all shades and shadowy green and purple. The beach between the palm terrace and the water was a thin stick, endless apparently, for to Ralph's left, the perspective of palm and beach and water drew to a point at infinity, and always, almost visible, was the heat. He jumped down from the terrace. Sand was thick over his black shoes, and the heat hit him. He became conscious of the weight of clothes, kicked his shoes off fiercely, and ripped off each stocking with its elastic garter in a single movement. And then he leapt back on the terrace, pulled off his shirt, stood there among the skull-like coconuts with green shadows from the palms and the forest sliding over his skin. He undid the snake clasp of his belt, lugged off his shorts and pants, and stood there, naked, looking at the dazzling beach and water. He was old enough, twelve years and a few months, to have lost the predominantly tummy of childhood, and not yet old enough for adolescence to have made him awkward. You could see now he might make a boxer, as far as width and heaviness of shoulders went, but there was a mildness about his mouth and eyes that proclaimed no devil. Patted the palm trunk softly, forced at last to believe in the reality of the island, laughed delightfully again and stood on his head. He turned neatly onto his feet, jumped down to the beach, knelt and swept a double armful of sand into a pile against his chest. Then he sat back, looked at the water with bright, excited eyes. Ralph! The fat boy lowered himself over the terrace and sat down carefully, using the edge as a seat. <coughs> Sorry, I I've been such a time. Them fruit, he wiped his glasses and adjusted them on his button nose. The frame had made a deep pink V on the bridge. He looked critically at Ralph's golden body and then down at his own clothes. He laid a hand on the end of a zipper that extended down his chest. My auntie, then he opened the zipper with a decision and pulled the whole windbreaker over his head. There. Ralph looked at him sidelong and said nothing. I expect we'll want to know all their names, said the fat boy. Make a list. We ought to have a meeting. Ralph didn't take the hint, so the fat boy was forced to continue. I don't care what they call me, he said confidently, so long as they don't call me what they used to call me at school. Ralph was faintly interested. What was that? While the fat boy glanced over his shoulder and then leaned towards Ralph, he whispered, They used to call me Piggy. Ralph shrieked with laughter. He jumped up. Piggy, Piggy, Ralph, please. Piggy clasped his hands in apprehension. 
I said I didn't want piggy, piggy. Ralph danced out into the hot air of the beach, then returned as a fighter plane with wings swept back and machine-gunned Piggy. Shiao! He dived in the sand at Piggy's feet and lay there laughing. Piggy! Well, Piggy grinned reluctantly, pleased despite himself at even this much recognition. So long as you don't tell the others... Ralph giggled into the sand. The expression of pain and concentration returned to Piggy's face. Half a sec, he hastened back into the forest. Ralph stood up and trotted along to the right. Here the beach was interrupted abruptly by the square motif of the landscape. A great platform of pink granite thrust up uncompromisingly through forest and terrace sand and lagoon to make a raised jetty four feet high. The top of this covered with a thin, thin layer of soil, coarse grass, shaded with young palm trees. There wasn't enough soil for them to grow to any height, so when they reached perhaps 20 feet, they fell and dried. Formed a crisscross pattern of trunks, very convenient to sit on. The palms that stood made a green roof, covered on the underside with a quivering tangle of reflections from the lagoon. Ralph hauled himself up on this platform, noted the coolness and shade, shut one eye, and then decided the shadows of his body were really green. He picked his way to the seaward edge of the platform, stood looking down into the water. It was clear to the bottom, bright with the effervescence of tropical weed and coral. A school of tiny glittering fish flickered hither and thither. Ralph spoke to himself, sounding the bass strings with delight. Wizzo! Beyond the platform, there was more enchantment. Some act of God, typhoon perhaps, or the storm that had accompanied his own arrival, had banked sand inside the lagoon, so there was a long, deep pool in the beach with a high ledge of pink granite at the further end. Ralph had been deceived before now by the spacious appearance and depth of a beach pool, and he approached this one preparing to be disappointed. But the island ran true to form, and the incredible pool, which clearly was only invaded by the sea at high tide, was so deep at one end as to be dark green. Ralph inspected the hole thirty yards carefully, and then plunged in. The water was warmer than his blood, and he might have been swimming in a huge bath. Piggy appeared again, sat on the rocky ledge and watched Ralph's green and white body enviously. You can't half swim. Piggy! Piggy took off his shoes and socks, arranged them carefully on the ledge, and tested the water with one toe. It's hot! What did you expect? I didn't expect nothing. My auntie sucks to be your auntie. Ralph did a surface dive, swam underwater with his eyes open. The sandy edge of the pool loomed up like a hillside. He turned over, holding his nose, and a golden light danced and shattered just over his face. Piggy was looking determined and began to take off his shorts. Presently, he was paley and fatly naked. He tiptoed down the sandy side of the pool, and sat there up to his neck in water, smiling proudly at Ralph. And that's where we'll leave it off for tonight, the beginning of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I'm going to do that, you know, I'm not thinking, I just popped this stuff out there. Lord of the Flies from William Golding. All right. 
That is going to do it for us. Hey, thank you so much. we got a big weekend coming up. I hope you spend it with people you care about. Enjoy yourself. Thank you so much for popping by all this week. Really appreciate it. Be sure and hit that follow button right over there. It helps the show out a lot. It's free for you. And check out all the deals from our great sponsors, Skillshare, NordVPN, and, of course, Blackout Coffee. Have a great weekend, and I will see you back here on Monday. Snort. <laughs>